Namaste. Welcome to the Indian Wellness Podcast by Vitality Hours. Here we talk about all things wellness from the great Indian sciences, Ayurveda and astrology to natural beauty, alternative medicine, holistic healing and a whole lot more. Join Carol and Nadia as we explore the best tools and practices that ensure that you look good, live better and feel great. Namaste and welcome to the Indian Wellness Podcast by Vitality Hours. Today we have a really special guest with us, which is Nadia Singh Behel. She is not only the co-initiator of Vitality Hours, but also the co-founder of Antidote, India's first functional beverage brand that introduced the concept of detoxifying to the urban Indians. Nadia has a diploma in integrative nutrition, and she has eight years of experience in the field of health and nutrition with research and development, creating formulations and offering nutritional guidance. So Nadia, I'm going to start out by asking you, what are the kind of lies the food industry is telling us and why is the industry telling us these lies in your opinion? Um, okay, Carol, let's start out with a few examples. We all know sugar is extremely addictive, right? But sugar is as addictive as cocaine. And so no wonder everybody finds it so challenging to like kick that sweet tooth or kick that, you know, sugar, consuming sugar habit. Uh, sugar is literally designed to activate our brain's pleasure and reward system, right? So we release opioids and dopamine, both of which provide you with this sense of euphoria and bliss every time you consume sugar. Uh, so let me tell you how the food industry works, right? And I'll take the example of sugar. Um, it starts out in America, where I think the modern day junk food, so as to speak, really took shape, right? And sugar addiction really skyrocketed during the fat-free craze in the 1960s, a time where everybody avoided uh, fat like the plague. Yes. And so they turned to your sugary, comforting food. So when you have less protein, less carbohydrates in your meals, uh, you turn to sugar, which gives you that instant feeling of satisfaction, the satiety. And um, it's momentary, of course, but it feels it makes you feel good. However, once these fat-free enthusiasts learned that the sugar is actually making them fat, which is what they wanted to avoid in the first place, now enters the zero-calorie, sugar-free processed foods, which are sweet because they make you feel good because you still need to feel like that, you know, in your brain for you to feel that satisfaction. And they have zero calories. So what the Americans do is that they pump in all sorts of artificial sweeteners, um, write all sorts of names that we can't even produce on labels. An average person doesn't know what it is, cannot even pronounce the names. And they slap on something like sugar-free or may prevent heart disease on it. And there you go. Uh, it's selling like hotcakes and it's everywhere in shelves in America. So you're saying essentially it's one evil that's given birth to another. I mean, we started out with, uh, you know, things like cereals, etc., which were necessary essentially low on the calories yes but had huge amounts of sugar that at that point the real vilification was towards fat because yes. there was a lot of yes. fried foods prior yes. to that in yes. america right um and now um i mean obviously then there was the advent of cereal etc and everyone was you know sort of really consuming copious amounts of uh, simple carbs and sugars and it eventually made them fat and now 
like you said enter the zero yes it's called the low cal diet right your sugar free um low calorie diet which is going to because right you know then it was just the start of like how do i look better it was all about looking a certain way right and of course you had to feel satisfied in your brain so you 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 you're functioning properly and uh, so so here comes sugar cuz sugar is the only thing when you're cutting out you know fat from your diet and which also means somewhat of protein is cut from your diet the only way you feel satisfied is when you're consuming sugar and um yes and then sugar is making you fat so you turn to the big food industry has come out with sugar free right and you have your processed breakfast cereals your diet sodas your sugar free candy and and it's called the low cal diet and that's also what's happening now so you know every few years there's a new trend or a string of products that washes the store shelves and every time it's with the same promise that it's better than its predecessors right so if earlier something was making you put on weight you say this will help you lose weight it's low calorie if something was not good for your heart you slap on it's heart friendly if something was um raising your insulin you say that this is sugar free so exactly like that but it does not state or declare what this new evil comes with and that's what one needs to understand and that's how um i think the big food industry is very intentional and manipulative i don't think i mean this is what is known and this is what is been happening for many years now um so they're very intentional and manipulative with the foods that they manufacture and there are unexpected places where sugar hides right since we're taking the example of sugar so your sugar free chewing gum your nicotine gum your toothpaste and your mouthwash yeah your natural fiber laxative pills because they they laxative pills so here what the the function that they providing to your body is that they're helping you they're giving you fiber and they're helping you if you're constipated or you have issues such as that you have constipation gas it's helping you relieve that but it's giving you sugar but hey you didn't you you, you didn't ask me if it's sugar free you asked me for like a pill to relieve you of your constipation so it doesn't matter if it has sugar right so that's what So that's how it works. Um your no calorie or light beverages as they call, right? Your energy drinks when they say like your sports drinks that these this will give you this mineral and this vitamin and it has sugar free, right? It doesn't have your glucose syrup or your sucrose, but it has a lot of other things that is sweetening the product. So you also have your salad dressings, right? So salad dressings go onto a salad which is supposed to be healthy. Your marinara sauce ketchup for example has more sugar than it does tomato all your prepared or frozen meals have a form of sugar all your yogurt i mean of course there are certain yogurts that do not you your greek yogurts etc but unfortunately in the indian market right now there is no yogurt that you can go and pick up from a store shelf and um, there's no sugar that won't contain either an emulsifier a stabilizer or a sugar added. Yeah. And and your coffee creamers and then the list just goes on. So when you say that that there are other things that they're using to synthetically sweeten a product while they can still say on the front of the label that it's sugar free, what are these other I mean what are these other sugars and how can you how can an average consumer make a more informed decision about what they're buying? Okay, so so um If you're talking about sugar-free or your zero cal, okay, it's not always zero calorie, right? Some of them have varying levels of calories, but usually they're lower than your table sugar. 
uh, there is your aspartame, which comes in your equal and everything that's sugar free. I think that was the first artificial sweetener yes. to hit the shelves in India at least, right? It's and there's been first. enough studies done on aspartame and how it's totally, yeah. And then you have your sugar alcohols, which are slightly newer. Um, they come around in, you know, your, your claimed healthier confectionery, baking goods. So your malitol, your sobitol, your uh, xylitol, xylitol, um, erythritol, all of those, those are sugar alcohols. And these and are very common. I mean, if you see on the behind of a protein powder, or any sort of powders, these are very commonly seen there. You often see a malitol or a xylitol or a sorbitol in there. So yes i mean so like i said like depending on which one it is uh, i don't think aspartame is as it's not used on health products because i think the um, side effects of aspartame are no are more widely known now so you have these new sugar alcohols that are used uh, you also have stevia sachets that are available everywhere and people think like hey this is like the healthy alternative to sugar and they're using it without any you know like thinking any further on it um, stevia actually of course is naturally occurring and it is sweet it is very very sweet but um, it is it has this licorice like aftertaste that most people some people can't some people are okay with it and most people cannot you know they, they can't kind of wrap their head around that aftertaste so when you have this the new stevia that you have it's all tasteless so mm -hmm. it's already gone through a certain process to remove that from there so it, it it's again processed and it's still uh, spiking your glycemic index which is it's still spiking your blood sugar levels wow um you know for people who ha are still unaware of the ill effects of aspartame i think we should just spell them out and these are very widely known that it can cause learning disabilities uh, it's also associated with depression, with neuropsychiatric reactions, with a neurochemical state of the brain, uh, which leads to anxiety, irritable mood swings, insomnia, migraines, headache. You can read up on it, but there's a lot that synthetic sugars are, you know, the downside of synthetic sugars is pretty, pretty evil. So, um, you know, let's talk about health foods because, you know, we know now that these are some of the things that are hiding or lurking behind, uh, you know, health food labels. And um, what are the most like common health foods and, you know, what we consider healthy, but actually are laced with, um, you know, any of these different sugars and fillers? Uh, so if you ask me about four common health foods, of foods that we consider generally healthy and we do not do our research enough before buying them. Um, actually, I'd say the first one would be protein powders because mm -hmm. this, you know, you think protein powders and you think healthy, you think protein powders and you think that if I'm working out or if I want to like make my skin better or if I need just more energy levels, you just feel like it's a must have. Um, so, so, you know, there was this non-profit in America called the Clean Label Project, which released a report about toxins in protein powders. And a researcher screened 134 products for 130 type of toxins and found that most protein powders contained heavy metals such as lead, arsenic, cadmium, and mercury. And for example, one protein powder contained 25 times of the allowed limits 
for BPA, which we know is plastic and it's a neurotoxin. And even when we're buying stuff, we usually read BPA free, but here yes. we're ingesting it as part of something that we feel is very healthy for us. We've just worked out and that vulnerable time when your body needs the most nutrition, you're consuming it in large amounts, copious amounts. Also, interestingly, um, though, you know, like we all know that uh, certain kinds of dairy can contain heavy metals, hormones and all of that. You know, traditional dairy is known to kind of upset a lot of people's guts. But when it comes to toxins and protein powders, very surprisingly, your vegan or vegetarian protein powders, such as your pea and rice, were also laced with huge amounts of heavy metals and toxins. And this could mainly be due to, you know, uh, the fact that crops like peas and rice are absorbing the toxic metals directly from the soil that they're grown in. Mm -hmm. But also an interesting fact about pea protein, um, a lot of recent studies and tests that were done on pea protein, pre sorry, pea protein, which is, is, is this upcoming new vegan protein option, um, the tests actually gave some scary, scary results. A lot of heavy metal residues were found even in the organic pea protein types. So in Canada, where a lot of farmers are growing organic pea proteins for making uh, these organic pea protein powders. They're growing their peas uh, following all the honest practices for organic growing and right from, you know, the soil to what is being put and all of that. But once you need to kind of get into the process of breaking, uh, you know, the molecules, you know, your carbohydrate and your protein molecules in a pea are very tightly bound together. So when you're trying to like kind of extract the protein out of this pro uh, carbohydrate molecule, they need to use very, very harsh chemicals. So much so that the wastewater that's actually left after this process was banned from disposal in America and Canada. So you actually cannot carry out this process in Canada or in America. You know, and, and so now they're all being made in China? So a lot of these developed nations, you're not mm -hmm. allowed to do that. So what they do now is that while they're growing the peas organically, so hey, it's organic pea protein, for, for, for actually making the protein, they're sending the peas to China where this process happens and of course also all sorts of chemical extraction and disposable you know like questionable disposal uh, practices are followed in china much like india and then that yeah, we have a lot of pea protein isolate plants in gujarat okay yes exactly so so and then it's sent back to america or canada wherever it is or you know your developed nations and then so you can imagine the amount of residues in this powder mm -hmm. um and like you said, most of the Indian pea protein, because I know there's a lot that's coming out, most of it is sourced from China, if not from, you know, your Indian sources. So you can imagine the, the, the quality of the pea protein that we might be ingesting. So I feel that this is an area that you need to be a little bit more wary about, dig a little bit deeper before you choose your protein. And you know what the interesting thing is? Um, that unless you're a bodybuilder or you're an athlete or this or, or perhaps you're weak or you're in, you're in a patient and you have certain you know you just have a debilitating disease I think a normal person can get a lot of their protein from natural foods Food sources, yeah. for example one egg a half a cup of chickpeas a small handful of nuts or like a big bowl of moong dal all provide between six to seven grams of protein uh, a piece of chicken or fish just the size of a deck of cards offers about 30 grams and 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 you're, you're generally as a rule of thumb you're meant to consume half of your body weight in protein um you know if you're working out and you have a generally active lifestyle so i, I don't think it should be that tough if you're just a little bit mindful about what you're putting on your plate 
and perhaps a more natural supplement would be spirulina definitely spirulina is a plant based supplement i mean it's not really a supplement it's like you know it's like a powder yeah herb whatever mm-hmm. it's actually not a herb sorry it's like an, an algae, algae algae yeah. um yeah a lot of protein in that very biodigestible as well so um okay so anyways that's for one so you yeah. so you asked me for four right so the protein powders is one another i'd say is anything that says sugar free so um you know there could be a sugar free candies it could be a sugar free yogurt they all impair digestion and your immune system and to certain people because when it says sugar free they obviously adding something else that still makes it slightly mm-hmm. sweet and all these processed um thickeners or emulsifiers can cause ibs and crohn's disease in certain susceptible people um also your low fat yogurt so sugar free is one i say the third is when anything says low fat so it could be low fat milk or low fat yogurt i would be wary about them Uh, yeah, so they, um, you know, there have been many studies done even on on low fat milk, skim milk, uh, because when when the process of homogenization happens, the mole- the molecular structure of milk completely changes when you have skim milk, and uh, it's not actually absorbed by our gut, which is why a lot of people. have you know lactose intolerances today a of course because of the way that we are our farming practices and our milking procedures but also because of you know this process of homogenization so whole milk is al- always a better option since you brought up low fat and also um to do with like insulin levels and PCOS like anyone who has PCOS or you know imbalanced hormones etc should definitely stay away from any sugar free labels definitely because often they're tricked into having sugar free because they're not supposed to have real sugar right if they have PCOS and they look at that label of sugar free very reassuringly thinking that might help them but that's probably 10 times worse or 50 times worse than actually consuming dates. Yes, I mean this so it's so it's 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 getting more and more complicated. So as you have newer products, you have newer health claims, you think that you have more options, but it's actually getting a lot more complicated. You need to be an an, ed- an educated consumer. I think that would really help especially if you're suffering from some sort of a lifestyle illness or a disease. And also when it comes to low fat you know milk like you said right um skimmed milk when we ingest anything as nature intended it to be it contains your trace minerals it contains like there's a fat with a certain uh, vitamin there's a mineral with a certain other vitamin and they all go together so that your body can absorb it so you cannot have zinc in isolation or you can't have protein in isolation you know it could be a macro or a micro it all goes together so the minute that kind of uh, uh, balance is broken your body is not going to digest it as you think it will absolutely absolutely so um yeah so you said protein powders anything that is sugar says sugar free on its label anything that says low fat on its label low calorie low flat fat you need to have a look at and what's the fourth fifth one i would say I think what's really trending right now but I think you should think again before you buy them are like gummy vitamins for mm-hmm. kids for women like this hair vitamins yeah. for kids there are all sorts of uh, you know your vitamin A C your multivitamins in the form of gummies but you have to understand that um some things just come in a bit of pill <laughs> in the sense it's a sweet 
for God's sake, right? And inside they put some synthetic vitamins and you don't even know what colors. quality. I mean, it's a sweet. So it has your colors, it has your high glucose syrup, mm. like your fructose syrup. It has everything. So it's a sweet, it's not good for you. And just to make you feel that it's okay for you and you must have it perhaps every day. Yeah. A child should have that vitamin or gummy every day. You're giving him a sweet early in the morning or with his breakfast or whatever you're giving it him or her the sweet. You're, basically, they've just added some synthetic vitamins and you have no idea what quality that's getting digested because we know now that our body does not assimilate synthetic vitamins and minerals as it does the natural. Absolutely. So there's just no comparison. You'd rather just give him that extra bowl of lentils, peas or whatever as opposed to giving him any of this. Yeah, I think that's that's a good one because I do see these gummies everywhere and I actually have a lot of people asking me about them and frankly I've never tried them. This just the sound of it doesn't sound right to me, you know, like exactly. I think anybody who understands, you know, how the big food industry works knows yes. they have another trick rolled up this Yes, but we're insiders in that sense. So we already have, you know, some amount of background mm. information. And perhaps if I wasn't in this field, I wouldn't have known either. And I would have just, you know, um, sort of believed the claims that these health foods were making. Um, so just what are the ingredient red flags that irritate the gut and create chronic, like low-grade inflammation in the body? Because so many people suffer from that today in urban uh, you know, India, uh, almost every second or third person has some digestive gut issue uh, or an inflammation issue that is leading to various other lifestyle-related diseases, be it thyroid, be it PCOS, be it diabetes, be it cancers, you know, cancers, high cholesterol, and at a much younger age than we've seen them in the past. So what are these red flag ingredients? Um, okay, starting with something that is in every, almost like, I won't say every, because there are artisanal brands out there or like honest brands out there that, that are making certain products that are without these. But a lot of them, uh, you know, new products have emulsifiers or thickeners, as they are called. And you might might hear of like, you know, your maltodextrin and your xanthan gums um, and others like that. So these are basically they're manufacturing, they're manufactured extracts from starchy foods such as potato, corn, tapioca and wheat. So they do have natural origins, right? But it shouldn't sound that reassuring because they are highly processed. Uh, so the main component of weight gainers, for example, taken by most bo bodybuilders is maltodextrin. Mm -hmm. And maltodextrin has a thick, sweet taste and matches its dense caloric content, right? Like sugar. Uh, but it's plant-based and it's gluten-free and it's vegan, you know, so it ticks those boxes. So often it flies under the radar and uh, it's used as an ingredient in foods considered healthy. Um, so, and what happens is that maltodextrin actually um, spikes your blood sugar levels just like table sugar. It's declared as low in sugar because it is not sugar. But if you really look further, it spikes your blood sugar levels anywhere between the range of 95 and 136. And for some perspective, table sugar spikes your glycemic value by um, to, to like 65. So you see the difference. And because maltodextrin is not, it's kind of like, because it's, it's an extract, it goes straight into your blood sugar level, like straight into your bloodstream and it's spiking your blood sugar levels very, very quickly. 
so so that is definitely happening so if you're diabetic you definitely should look out for this one and and you do not consume for, for a diabetic it's pretty much like consuming something with high sugar uh, another thing that I think people should look out for, like we discussed, was anything that claims to be sugar-free, because then again, it could be hiding one of your sh- sugar alcohols or like stevia or even maltodextrin. So all of these are different names for sugar, so to speak, and all of them give some sort of shelf stability or thickness, uh, viscosity to a product, and they're used in, you know, everything, like your ketchup to your fruit juice to your sugar-free gum to your sodas your salad dressings your candies your gummy vitamins most definitely have these 100 percent um and i'd say another thing that a person needs to be i mean this would be slightly controversial because i know everybody a lot of people are using it at home are hydrogenated vegetable oils um you know your soya bean oil your safflower sunflower your like sun drop all of that healthy for heart as they were claimed as we were growing up in the 90s are really not that healthy at all so i don't i don't know if everybody's heard of this term called trans fats but basically it's 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 the trans fats that give you the cholesterol that leads to heart blockage and all that sort of inflammatory disease Mm -hmm. and that's so 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 this bad cholesterol that comes into your body is mainly from trans fats Mm -hmm. egg egg yolks red meat these are not the culprits mm-hmm. it's the trans fats that are the culprits anyways fda has now removed its like whole like kind of cholesterol like they had a, like a list of cholesterol forming foods and how it's so bad for you so they've actually scrapped that out they're saying this does not exist that concept does not exist so it's mainly having hydrogenated highly processed oils like canola oil which by the way is considered healthy by most right canola oil is like you know like it's good for you it's light oil so so i'll give you an interesting piece of information about canola oil it actually comes from a plant called rapeseed and they tried to introduce canola oil in your 90s 50s and 60s and uh, it was rapeseed oil then it was a naturally occurring oil and um, but people did not take to its flavor because it did not taste good and it had a very strange color so it didn't do well and uh, suddenly there was olive oil in the scene and it's hailed as this like new good for you healthiest oil possible people are drizzling it everywhere cooking in it putting it on their salad taking it as a supplement and what extra virgin olive oil has is that it has a high oleic acid content right which is good for you and um so so now what the rapeseed oil manufacturers because rapeseed is actually grown mostly in canada so what they did was that they gave the rapeseed oil uh, a little bit of a makeover of course and uh, they of course processed it so rapeseed oil also besides the fact that it wasn't very pleasing tasting and it wasn't like the right color it also had uric acid which was a highly it was 50% uric acid mm-hmm. and that was they realized after certain studies that that was not very good for your heart it's too heavy it was like a highly dense saturated fat so they've obviously processed their oil now they've re- reduced considerably your uric acid they've got your oleic acid content up high they put in artificial antioxidants because otherwise any vegetable oil it gets rancid really fast and it's really um, you know the oxidation occurs like mm-hmm. with anything that's natural so they've done all of that and they've there they've come up with canola oil so can starts you know stands for canada and ola is for oil so it's a canadian oil and um, everybody's lapping it up 
Yeah, we even seen it lurking around in health food uh, labels. Yeah, so, so for your, oat your, milk I saw the other day, and it had canola oil as your a, infant formulas. Yeah. So back in the day, that actually banned it from infant formula because they knew it had like a high content of uric acid. But now, of course, it's been given a makeover, and it's again like it's on the FDA approved list of oils for use, and uh, anybody can use it in the infant um, formulas, and it is being used everywhere. I think we need a whole episode to talk about infant formulas because those as we know from experience Nadia has, has two young boys and we know the kind of nonsense uh, that they put in infant formulas and it's horrible to see that you know that that's what infants are being you know being brought up on in around the world and in India uh, but when you refer to um, olive oil and uh, you know extra virgin olive oil just to put one caveat out there a lot of people who are consuming olive oil and think that they're being very healthy but most of the regular olive oils that you're getting in the market for regular use which is affordable is all pomace oil so it's not even actually extracted it's from uh, olive you olives it's you processed again yeah. it's not it's not your first extraction it's not cold pressed yeah so it it is again your processed oils that's yes. why it has a high smoking point so they usually tell you that oh if you want oil for your extra uh, for your salads please take the extra virgin olive mm-hmm. oil otherwise use pomace oil so how do you think the same oil from the same olive suddenly can perform two different functions because your pomace oil has been processed like highly your processed. highly processed like your canola oil like your palm oil like your soya bean oil mm-hmm. wherein the atoms and molecules have completely been changed around it's been hydrogenated also another thing that they put in all these oils are your synthetic antioxidants so something called tbhq bha and bht and these are the same antioxidants that are often used in packaged foods to preserve freshness and uh, control the texture of food you know like including potato chips your cookies your cereals so when you open like a bag of potato chips it's always crisp mm-hmm. when you open your cereals your cornflakes it's always crisp how uh because they have these synthetic antioxidants right so your tbhq is what they use in chips otherwise chips would become soft and lose their crunchiness when consumed in large doses over a long period of time right this is where it gets tricky these preservatives have carcinogenic and toxic effects effects right so you know they say that these so when you talk about fda all of these antioxidants these synthetic antioxidants are not toxic in small doses so they've been declared safe but there's one caveat right people tend to eat more than the acceptable limit of preservatives that one is supposed to eat right like who has one serving of chips or who has like you know like two spoonfuls of like cereal or like you know like that one candy in a day so so if you're eating more of that which most people are mm-hmm. over a period of time and bam i mean fda has already declared that all of these are known so carcinogens going to be in a state of inflammation of chronic course. inflammation and then you don't know what problem you deal with you land up with it depends on everybody's body's different so everybody reacts and you know as different levels of illnesses should they continue to consume this so essentially eating out of packaged foods is just seems to be like a bad bad idea but unfortunately you know living the kind of lifestyle that we do in urban cities etc sometimes you do need to go and buy something off a shelf and it's not always possible uh, you know to make everything from scratch at home so what is it that one should look for in a label for for them to know that it's an honest label that it's perhaps a clean label um 
Well, a product with no more than two to three ingredients used to make it, at least as the main ingredients or the main components of that. I think that's where one can start from. Of course, your flavoring ingredients could be extra, but you should be able to recognize all of these as kitchen ingredients, right? If it's something that you're putting in your mouth, uh, if it's something you're ingesting. And look out for stuff like shortening in bread recipes or emulsifiers and things with, you know, E labels, like when it says a number and it says E and then the number. And something that is said on everything, because even I, I mean, I can, consu- everybody consumes packaged foods, right? Yes. So I know that almost every label says your nature identity, identical flavoring substances, right? Mm-hmm. So that is something that obviously tells you that there's nothing identical to nature about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. And establish a list of companies you trust, right? There are lots of companies that are putting out like decent, honest products out there. So, so you just, I think one needs to do a little bit of research and establish for yourself what you find acceptable and how your body reacts to something and which company is putting out good products out there because otherwise if you're not, there are enough and more that will trick you. It's, it's basically like tricking the consumer, which is an accepted practice in the industry. Okay, so this session has been so insightful, but don't get too scared already. You know, there there are some amount of uh, packaged and processed foods that people all consume. Just make sure that you always look at the back of the label and don't get fooled with just looking at the front of a label. And uh, just spend a little bit more time reading up a label and I think uh, you'll make the best decision for you and your family. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was a lot of information packed in. We hope you enjoyed tuning in as much as we enjoyed holding the session. Uh, Look out for our other session with Nadia on key and its amazing, amazing health benefits. Namaste.